welcome to the Shamrock English Podcast, produced by Shamrock Idiomas English Academy in Murcia, Spain. Improve your listening skills with entertaining conversations. Welcome back to the Shamrock English Podcast. Hello. Hello. So on Saturday, it was the coronation of King Charles III, eight months after the death of the Queen. Yes, a long wait, indeed. She was 96 years old. She'd been on the throne for... 70 years and now in the light of the coronation on saturday hannah jimmy and i are going to be discussing whether we really still need the monarchy wow big question that is, is a big yeah. question what do you think then james do we need the monarchy um i am 100 in favor i i lapped up all the celebrations on uh -huh. uh, on saturday my girlfriend and i we had a, a mini coronation party in the flat just the two of us Yes, I saw, um, I saw you sent me some photographs of some lovely cupcakes. Cupcakes, yeah. Coronation cupcakes. We had the flags out, watched the whole thing, every single minute of it. And uh, I just thought it was totally epic watching the processions <laughs> and the, you know, the pomp and the ceremony. I think epic is a good word because it is, it is something monumental, historically speaking. I mean, to be part of it, to see history being made... That is spectacular, whether you're for the monarchy or not. It's history, so it's it's relevant. Yes, I think it was. I think um, they do do it in style. And it's imposing. I think the music was spectacular because my mom's always been involved in church music and things like that. So it's like you, you're there in the in the you hear the music in the abbey, and it it was in, an impressive ceremony. Whether you're for monarchy or not, that's a completely different right. story. Well, that's the thing. Obviously, <laughs> some saying... people will be watching that. Um, and probably feeling a little bit disgusted by it all, all the money that's spent on it, whether it's impressive or not. Maybe that's even a, a negative point that, you know, too much money was spent on it. Perhaps, but uh, still it had to be done. I think it's part of uh, British culture and part of uh, British life. The monarchy has been a monarchy there for a long time. So, you know, I think they wouldn't see it any other way. So what would you say to the people who think that basically not a penny should really be spent on this kind of ceremony? I mean, apparently it's the only monarchy in Europe that still has a coronation ceremony. I don't think that the money spent necessarily is a criticism for me because essentially we spend money on an awful lot of things we don't need to spend money on. We don't need to spend money on fireworks and mm -hmm. we like fireworks. We, we spend money on parades and we don't need them. It's part of our culture and we, we do it. And that's, that's, that's it. I think for me, the question is rather um, why celebrate a people and they're just people. They're nothing special. Yeah. <laughs> they're just people. So why being born into a specific family makes you different in any way? You're not different. You're just a normal person. <laughs> so that for me is the criticism. It's like I, I think being in and living in a, at a time where we're all supposedly equal, they should be equal. Somehow they're not. No, I can I completely understand uh, where you're coming from there, and I actually I do see the absurdity of it all. You know. Um, it is not a system that any country in their right mind would um, introduce. <laughs> if they didn't have a monarchy, it's not like you would suddenly create one from scratch because it is so ridiculous to mm. you know, create this system of hereditary you know, power or privilege. It's good fun to watch, though. I will say that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, it is kind of just sort of it's the way monarchies work and, <laughs> and it's what we have. So... Yes, I, I mean, I don't really know what to say, but I think, yeah, we, just, we should just respect and accept 
the way things are. I think they do more good than bad. Um, I think they do a lot of work. Obviously, it's, it's costly uh, to the upkeep of the royal family. But uh, like, uh, is a lot of taxpayers' money paid goes into that? Well, apparently, I was looking at, um, for some figures on this right. because I, I am interested to know, you know, how much you do get this argument that um, we shouldn't spend too much money on them or we shouldn't spend any money on them. But from what I can tell, they cost about half a billion pounds a year to the taxpayer. Right. But they bring in one to two billion in revenue. So um, if that's true, <laughs> then it's good business. Then, you know, they are a good value for money yeah they do they do i mean i know prince charles for example through his trust and other charity organizations they do do a lot of good and work for the community they had had better yeah i mean there's nothing else they do that is what they do well that's what um the celebrities or royal families i think do i mean diana did a lot of work for charity as well and and Prince Charles as well, he's done and is doing. That's what I've read anyway. Yeah, I mean, they set up charities. Um, they do a lot of things to help uh, young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's his name? Prince Philip. I think he started the Duke of Edinburgh Award. Is that, that right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. Um, yeah, so a lot of kids have benefited from that. Yes, I remember my, my both my nieces taking part in those awards. Oh, right. Okay. Well, going back to the, uh, the coronation and... What was the highlight for you then, James? I I don't really know. I just enjoyed the whole the whole experience. I mean, it this is the thing with the UK. You know, um, it takes a, a royal celebration to really give us that feel good factor that you might get mm, at other times of the year in other countries. Like you know, in in Spain, for example, where we're recording this, there are festivals happening all the time and they they really do bring communities together and you get that Mm. sense of unity Mm. but it's only the royal celebrations that really give us that in the UK so I enjoy seeing these images on the TV of uh, crowds of people celebrating or you know families coming together Um, yeah and it's all done peacefully yeah peacefully maybe merrily uh, after the coronation concert last night on the long walk. I know a lot of people went there from, from Windsor. Um, there were some people protesting as well and heckling from the, from the crowds. I think I heard the odd heckle there. What, what are your views on that, Hannah? I mean, personally, it's like I'm sort of the anti-monarchist here simply because I, I think I didn't grow up with one. So um, I think one should always have the, the permission to, to speak and say you're against something. I don't really see the point of protesting right next to or during any kind of historical event. It's like you might as well do that before or after. It's like just to kind of um, be rude during something. I, I don't really condone. Interesting. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't see, I don't see that, that. That's not the point. If it's happening, let it happen. Let history unfold and, and make yourself heard before and after, not necessarily during. I do kind of feel like if I was a protester or if I was a Republican, I would feel like that would be the best time to do it, probably, because mm-hmm. that's when I'm going to have the biggest impact and upset the most people. Possibly if there's a certain amount of anger, then I suppose then that would be the case. For me, it's more like a, a very, very neutral disagreeing with that, that kind of system. I, I don't have nothing against them as, as people. I just find it a bit obsolete. 
Yeah, well, I th the thing is, I think you're probably right. It is obsolete, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's tradition, isn't it? Um, so, and traditions are kind of all a bit silly in that way. I guess it's just, would you say the main problem is the fact that it involves human beings who, you know, don't necessarily deserve to have the positions that they that they do is that the main thing I, yes i think that's my main criticism i i, I love history I, I love watching period drama it's very entertaining but in general i think we live in an age where really every single person should be the same there should be nobody higher bigger better just because you're born with a specific name so no matter how much good they do that that is my criticism it's like a certain sense of entitlement and being better than others and that i don't agree with mm. yeah what do you what do you say to that then well i think i would say that i would say the same for our politicians as well i think some politicians consider them themselves to be modern day kings or or queens and they seem to take the power into their hands and then also perhaps uh, you know um uh, with it take a lot of money as well so i think there's inequality there is inequality, but I think not just, we could say that it's in the royal family, but not just the royal family. I think the the one thing I will say they do well is possibly because they're born into that family, they have a special kind of connection with their country, um, representing or feeling responsible for, in the best case scenario, hopefully, yes. um, for their nation, if you will. And sense that, of duty, yes, for sure. that is definitely more difficult to acquire unless you're kind of born with it. I think that's what I mean. What Prince Charles, our King Charles, sorry, said that uh, I've come here to not to be served but to serve. I think that's what he said. He did say yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I don't, I don't envy them at all. Frankly, I mean, course. I would not want to be one of them. It's it's a completely unnatural life that they're born into and mm -hmm. um i think a lot of their kind of personal interests and things that they would possibly have been able to do if they weren't part of the royal family they just they'll never get the chance to do because you know they have to they're kind of trapped in, mm. in that in that yeah. world in a way i think the whole the whole diana situation arose because of that i mean because he's now married to the the woman he initially chose uh, he couldn't choose before I'm not sure if we should go there, go but there. yeah, let's do it. Let's go there. <laughs> but basically, you're saying that they're they're born into a world where they have not necessarily as much free will as we do, because they're born to serve. Maybe they shouldn't be, and then this wouldn't have happened. So yeah, I think it's the whole Camilla situation um, for a lot of people. The fact she's called Queen Camilla now and just seeing her being crowned and sitting there in that position has been a bit of a kick in the teeth. Yes, it didn't sit well with many people. <laughs> Do you think she'll grow on people, though? I think she has grown on people already, if you compare to previous <laughs> times. Well, I don't know. Uh, I suppose she will. I mean, people will have to get used to her being queen and she will have her duties and so on. So, yeah, I think she... Um, she has a tough job, perhaps convincing. I suppose it depends if you were really following the whole Diana Charles thing in the first place, mm -hmm. because I was obviously too young when it was going on to care about any of this. Well, I saw the crown 
which mm. so well, it it gave me all the information I needed. That's where I put my information <laughs> from, to be honest. Uh, but um, I I've just I'm just indifferent towards them really, Charles and Camilla as people. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't have that same visceral hatred of either of them that, that a lot of people do. But isn't that curious to begin with? The fact that, I mean, we accept them as royalty, and, but then we're indifferent to them as people. It's almost like they're two separate things. They are this symbol and representation, but they are people. And I don't know, it's, it's a very bizarre system. That, that is a good point, yeah, because that is, that is ultimately what they're supposed, they're kind of supposed to be these neutral sort of symbols, aren't they? You know, just represent the country on the global stage. But then they are people, they feel, they, they love, they hate, they, they get frustrated and um, make mistakes, many of them. That's obviously, I think that's Charles's big challenge is that he's, he's lived a life before he's actually become king. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, the queen was queen from such a, a young age that she didn't really get a chance to make any mistakes or she, she was like in the role the whole time um, as this kind of, what do they say, stoic individual. I think that's what people mm -hmm. liked about her. But, you know, Charles has... They didn't know her. Mm, no. <laughs> and that kind of made her perfect for the role. People know an awful lot more about Charles, which is why I'm not so sure if he's perfect for the role. We know too much. Yeah. And also, I think uh, the political situation as well. Times have changed, and uh, people are, like you said, don't want a monarchy. So he has to he has to deal with that as well. Well, I mean, the majority of people still do. I mean, mm -hmm. it's clear in the UK. The, the last the last opinion poll I saw was from the end of April. This is from YouGov, so I don't know if the listeners will know what that is, but uh, it's a kind of research and data yeah. company. I don't know, they, they gather statistics and opinion polls and stuff. But which, which age group do you think want a monarchy? So it's obviously the older generation. The older yeah. you are, the more you, you support it. The younger you are, the more sceptical you go to be. Mm -hmm. um, but the country as a whole, is it has dropped since um, 2019 supposedly, but um, those in favour are 53% of the population and those against are 14%. But we're talking about England. Well, the UK, yeah. The UK meaning Scotland, Wales and Ireland as well. Yeah, the UK. So, For now, anyway. Yeah. So, and, and <laughs> if, you separate, if you separate those groups, that would be the same statistics in Scotland and in Wales and in Northern Ireland. Oh, I doubt it. No, I mean, exactly. obviously, yeah. if you if you delve into it and break it down by demographic, you know, age, even ethnicity, yes. um, you know, and um, nation and other parts of the Commonwealth, you'll get different statistics. But the UK as a whole mm -hmm. is, is in favour. The majority is in favour. So. And what about the future? What do you think? I think, well, I think he might you know, be king for a few years and then step down and let his son take over. That would be the intelligent thing to do. I think he obviously wanted a shot at the whole thing. He's pre preparing for it his whole life. It's like, let him have his, his moment. I don't think he's going to go until the end. I'm not sure what if that would be... What made you say that? Because... I get the feeling he's relishing the role a bit, actually, from what I, from his body language, he, you know. The yes. fact he steps out onto the balcony twice you know i don't know if you saw that but when they stepped on the balcony on uh yes. buckingham palace 
they went out, they went back, and then he went back again for right. another round of whooping and cheering from the crowds. I think he, I think he, he likes it. But then I think that might be just an impression because I'm, I really speak without knowing that his son and William's wife Kate are much more liked. So I think that it would be probably a pragmatic thing to do. Yeah, it might be. Um, but actually, I I was looking at Charles's popularity as well. Uh, the statistics around that. And to be honest with you, I was um, quite shocked. Apparently, um, in terms of people who who like him, um, it was 57%, which was a lot higher than I thought. And it was 13 or 14 said they don't like him. And the rest? No, sorry, it was 33% who don't like him. It was 14% who said that he wouldn't do a good job. So the, the rest are don't know or... Or don't care. Yeah. So it seems that his popularity has actually shot up since the Queen died. And right. they've probably seen him maybe in a more human way. I don't know. Yeah, they've accepted him as king. But um, yeah, I think William would make a good king. I think they've got what it takes. I mean, they, the thing is, they are less preachy and opinionated, you know, yeah. about things. Um, and that's what people really want. I think they, yeah. they know what it takes. They've probably learned from the mistakes of of um you know I think that's, family members. that's exactly the point I think they haven't made that many mistakes yet whereas Charles has made mistakes <laughs> so at the same time that's a human thing to do so I, I'm, I'm not against people making mistakes it's part of life but because he's supposed to be the king and he's supposed to be this this ideal of of virtue and and um all good things it's kind of difficult to reconcile, I find, personally. Well, what about the coronation quiche? Well, I, I didn't get to sample one, but that is the coronation dish this year. Apparently, it's a tradition to create a new dish for mm -hmm. each coronation. And the coronation quiche is um, a... Well, we've had some problems with the French on this one. Exactly. Because... <laughs> that was exactly what I was thinking. I just... It's like, how can the... the the quintessential coronation British dish be a quiche. Well, I mean, that's what UK, the UK is all about, isn't it? We're, we're inclusive. We like, we like to <laughs> steal ideas from other places. Uh, <laughs> um, so the French um, have criticised the quiche, saying it's more of a tart than a quiche. But um, I don't know what the difference is. It's, it's got broad beans in it. And is it tarragon? Is that a, a herb or a spice? Yes, it is. I don't know what that what that would be like to eat but uh, a quiche with beans and tarragon yeah that sounds scrumptious <laughs> Said with a touch of irony there um, but, yeah, i don't know who threw that recipe together uh, or how long that's been in the works but right we had a coronation chicken baguettes on the day which my girlfriend made right that was the dish that was created for um queen elizabeth wine a baguette wine a baguette yeah um which is also french I don't know. Well, it was a Spanish baguette. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a confused meal. Coronation chicken, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's chicken covered in mayonnaise, coated in mayonnaise with like curry powder uh -huh. and raisins and stuff. So that's obviously a um, an influence from India. So, Hannah, what do you think the future holds for the monarchy and the Commonwealth? I really don't know, but I think the Commonwealth was held... It's held together primarily by the Queen. I don't think that that's going to last forever. 
that eventually, I mean, good relationships will be maintained and whatever, but I don't, I've, I've already seen lots of articles and, and, and comments by people from different parts of the world saying it's like, they really don't see the point of, of being part of, of this particular group because it's a, it's an old thing. Do you think that it, because one criticism of the Commonwealth is that it's a relic of the British Empire. Yes, it is. It's just full of, um, I don't know, any support for the Commonwealth is basically just nostalgia for, you know, the, the, the glory days of the British Empire. Do you think that's that's really what it represents? Yeah, probably it does, I think. But I think now, now I mean, yes, you can always look at the past and, and live in the past, but we, know, we need to move on. But I would say that moving on is is exactly that is that that fracturing and and, and breaking apart of something that was held together by by a rather violent history. Yeah, I think all um, nations and countries have had their fair share of uh, you know their own empire and seeking empires and treasures and so on. It is worth pointing out that um, no one is forcing these countries to remain in the Commonwealth. I mean. All the countries that are in the Commonwealth now are there because they choose to be. And there are even countries still joining, believe it or not. I mean, last year, two ex-French colonies Mm -hmm. joined the Commonwealth. They had no uh, connection to the British Empire or anything. I don't really know why they did it. it. Is it financially beneficial in any way? To be honest, I haven't got a clue. I don't really know. But they have to be trade agreements or things like that yes I think that kind of hold, hold things in place possibly maybe they just want to take part in the commonwealth games who knows <laughs> no i think yeah i think the the economy the side of it uh trade and so on i think that's important you know the uk is not part of the european union yeah the commonwealth has suddenly become a lot more uh, important i yeah. think for the uk since since that definitely and as for the monarchy itself i i do think it has an expiration date. I don't think it's going to last forever. So when do you think that, if you were to make a prediction, when do you think that expiration date might possibly be? Um, well, Charles is having his go at things now and then might be William's turn, but I'm not so sure about his kids. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Do you think that William and Kate could actually maybe... Be the last ones. Be the last, but do you think they could revive the maybe the popularity in the monarchy, being younger... They'll be a bit older by the time it gets round to them. But but it makes it even more contradictory to have these young people. They're kind of perpetuating something old, being young themselves, which makes it all the more ridiculous. It, like we accept the queen because she was old and she was part of the system. We accept Charles because he's old and he's part of the system and we've seen him forever. So now you've got these young people growing up in an, in an old monarchy and you kind of wonder, it's like, seriously, what's the point? But do you think that could... Um make them more appealing to young people yeah more relatable perhaps yeah i think um that's why i think that you know charles is going to probably you know stop or give up or perhaps hand down the family business to his son i mean i grew up without a king and a queen and i was just fine (laughs) (laughs) so i'm not sure how relevant they are i did appreciate watching the whole ceremony not the whole thing because that's like way too long (laughs) But I mean, I appreciated like seeing the, the the history of it, and it was an impressive moment. Maybe the last. Yeah, I suppose um, because for me, it's always been in the background. I mean, obviously, I'm speaking from my my personal opinion. For for a lot of people, that doesn't really has never mattered. You know, whether they've been in the background or not, they're still anti monarchy. But uh, 
the fact they've been in the background and I couldn't really because they just feel like such a big part of uh, the the image of the UK and you know the identity and culture probably helps what part of what corner of the country I'm from as well. I think there would be a gaping hole <laughs> left behind if uh, the monarchy was to be removed, and um, I'm not sure people would actually necessarily like what would fill it. I understand you because if you think about it, if you got rid of the monarchy, you'd also get rid of all the the, the mini the mini royalty, you know, all the little lords and ladies. And I think up to a point, it's them that many people have a problem with. The king and queen that kind of represent the state, it's not that big a deal. They, they have a function, they do good work. What about all these lords and ladies? Do we really need lords and ladies? That's a good point. And, and dukes and duchesses and, and, and all of that. And Charles is actually on a little bit of a mission to slim the monarchy down, apparently. I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> because more people are being born in, in, into families just because they're born into a family. And, and, and somehow there's, there's this constant difference between people, which I just don't, don't get. I think they will, the monarchy will last. In the end, it's just uh, as long as you do good for the, for the community and for the people. I think, yeah, why not? You know, They do have to keep at least giving the impression that they are working you know, and doing duty and devoting. And bringing them. in the money. And bringing in the money, yeah. Um, but I think a large part of the appeal generally is that, that continuity with the past. You know? mm -hmm. in, we live in a very fast-changing world and in 10 or 20 years, with the, the way things are going technologically, we are on the cusp of an AI revolution. <laughs> you know, it's going to change the way things are forever. And we've got the metaverse coming. And I think having this kind of connection with the past um, through all these big milestones, like, you know, from World War Two to, to the, the pandemic, you know, the, the Queen lived through all of that. They're kind of there in these, these difficult milestones of yeah. history as a kind of comfort to a lot of people and having that maintaining some sort of connection with the past just like any tradition i think is what the, the main appeal um is i suppose that's yeah. the purpose of all traditions up to a point yes. so have we have we won you over yet <laughs> i'm gonna enjoy whatever show they put on i'm gonna watch bits and pieces i remember my grandma watched it all whenever there was anything big on television my grandma would be watching it but um i've I don't really see the point of them anymore. They're entertainment. Yeah, well, a lot of people agree with you. So, especially, especially in the likes of Canada and Australia, you know, they're very skeptical over there. But we enjoy watching the pompous big mm, dresses and headpieces and well, you <laughs> ridiculous might. I, I think, like I they said, wear I, at I times. think a lot of people don't enjoy that. Actually, a lot of people think it's a load of nonsense, a load of rubbish, and. Uh, there's no place for it. So. I'm not opposed enough to not enjoy it. I watch it. Um, I occasionally have a giggle when they go to weddings and have like stupid hats on <laughs> because they do wear stupid hats. Um, <laughs> but um, that in general... People, that way people have things to talk about. Exactly. Whether on, on, a, on a deeper and more serious level, they're actually still needed. And I kind of doubt. I think, uh, yeah, I think time, they are... Time will tell. Well, um, I think that they are needed... I suppose at the moment, uh, because like you said, James, perhaps they they might hold the society together. 
like you said, through tough times. They've always been there. So I think that's the, that's probably the key thing. Well, let's hope we don't have many tough times ahead that we need to be held together through. <laughs> right. Fingers crossed. James, are you going to say long live the king? You've just done it for me. <laughs> Would you like to join me in a rendition of the uh, national anthem of the UK? <laughs> anyway. I think I'm going to give that one a pass. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been great talking about the coronation. I've enjoyed hearing your, your points of view on the subject. And yeah, we'd love to hear the listeners' points of view as well. So um, feel free to write in and remember to like and subscribe as well. <laughs> Please do. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Shamrock English Podcast. We hope you found it enjoyable. Remember to like and subscribe and keep an ear out for our next episode. Bye.